Hello and welcome to this edition of PointCast. In today's show, we talk to one of our PointCasters about what they have learned from talking to voters all across the state. What is a PointCaster? A PointCaster is a producer that researches topics and invites voters to be guests on our show. PointCasters work really hard to make sure that we bring back unbiased, focused reports from voters as the voters intend to communicate them and the true concerns that drive people to the polls. Listen as we discuss some of the latest topics. What do you think has struck some of the voters that we've brought in? What do you think sticks with them about this podcast? I think what sticks with them is that um, it is a grassroots um, program, a grassroots broadcast, and so they, they feel open enough to share their ideas, their thoughts, their opinions. Um, so we have some very uh, genuine guests mm-hmm. who are really willing to um, lend their thoughts to help others mm-hmm. determine where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're really bringing people in to start a discussion. I think one of the unique things is that we're not asking people to be experts, right, in right. any particular topic. Right. We're really asking them to talk about their lives. And some of the things they're hearing about, like we hear a lot about, uh, we talked a lot about the shutdown. Yes, yes. That was a favorite topic of several people. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the divisiveness that seemed to exist there. Why do you think that struck a chord with so many of our guests? I think every single one of the guests we've had. I I think it struck a chord because it was uh, something that was totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. We've had government shutdowns before, but they've never lasted this long, Mm -hmm. nor were they put in place for reasons Mm -hmm. um, that were given for the current one. So it just, it struck a chord because it affected so many people in Mm -hmm. so many ways. And initially there didn't even appear to be a... um, um, a quick end in sight. So right. I, I think that's. I think that struck a lot of fear mm-hmm. in people mm-hmm. and just a lot of um, uh, unsurety mm-hmm. about where they were and mm-hmm. where they needed to go mm-hmm. or even what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. You think that's kind of changed the way we, I mean, you know, we always say we don't trust government, we don't trust government, but particularly for those people who are now going back to work for at least this next two, three weeks? Yes. It's only two or three weeks. <laughs> only two, th- it, you know, this current, um, you know, timeout lasts until February 15th, potentially. Uh, do you think that's changed us in a way that, you know, we'll never come back from? Or has it done something good for us? I think potentially it, it has done both. Um, I think that sometimes a little bit of shaking is good mm-hmm. because I think Americans tend to be a little um, comfortable mm-hmm. in who they are mm-hmm. and what um, and the type of world we exist in on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. We have many, many blessings here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's good to just say, okay, let's, let's pause for a moment and just reflect and see where we really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I think that it, uh, um, it will point direction for the future as well. I think we'll be more sure Uh next time that when 
um, a, a shutdown or something of that type is concluded, uh -huh. that we're actually tackling all of the issues that caused it in the first place. Right, I think right. we'll be more thorough and more diligent. Right, because hopefully. hopefully, that's at least the hope, because it turned into so many different things. It turned into a morality issue. It started, it, it's just a lot of different things, uh, changes that need to be made to immigration. Well, you're a producer here for PointCast. You talk to a lot of people. What are you hearing from people, not just about this shutdown, what are you hearing about, you know, what issues most impact them or the issues they're most concerned about? Mm. Um, some of the issues that I hear are um, the political climate, um, mm -hmm. that, that's a common one. I'm hearing about um, unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hearing about education and health care. Really? Healthcare is really? A really you, big one. We really haven't talked about health care and education quite a bit. What specifically do you think are, are the issues concerning people about health care and education? Um, well, education first. I, I think people are really concerned about um, the cost uh -huh. of education, specifically the cost for college educations for students uh -huh. and um, the current student loan crisis. I'll call it a crisis because uh -huh. uh, of the debt ratio when right. students do graduate. Right. Um, and then also, how are our schools being being funded? You know, what, mm. what kind of tax structures do we really need to change so that we can stop putting our students in debt before they even graduate? Wow. You know, what kind of things do we need to do around that? I'm looking at people looking at other options besides even going to traditional colleges even, doing one-year programs. There's a lot of private schools popping up, kind of right. taking advantage of people afraid really either of going into debt or just not knowing if they're going to be able to get a job yes. after. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And some of those programs um, are good. I mean, trade schools are still solid. As a matter of fact, someone told me recently, I think maybe you and I discussed that a little bit, uh -huh. that um, there are uh, that are there are students that are needed for the trades mm, because the yes. ones who began the trades years and years ago, like auto mechanics, for instance, they're at retirement age now, uh -huh. and they do not have enough people in place right. to fill that gap uh -huh. that's going to occur. Right. So right. that's important as well. Right. Education and, of course, employment. Now, let's talk about health care. There was a lot of talk about health care, and it seems like it got put on the back burner. So what are you hearing on the ground about health care? I'm hearing a lot of uncertainty, um, a lot of fear about whether or not health care will be available uh -huh. for the masses uh -huh. as they grow older, as uh -huh. they retire. I mean, we're still in the baby boom generations. Right. And so they're wanting to know that they will be able to obtain health care at a, an adequate level to maintain their health. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's sad to hear the choices that have to be made sometimes between paying the mortgage or, or paying a, a hospital bill right. so that they can continue living. That's, right. That should not be a choice. Right, right. We're right. the richest country on earth, and we still haven't found a way to take care of our own people. Why do you think this discussion has just been so hard for us on a national level? Why is it so hard for us to come to some sort of agreement as to what health care should be? My personal opinion is that uh, the health care crisis is bumping heads with our capitalist system. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a matter of money. Um, it, 
almost always has been. And so where that nexus point is, I'm really not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that people are still concerned about that. Um, you talked also about their concern with um, the national, the political climate. I'm going to have you kind of explain what you mean by that. Um, what I mean is that um, right now politics are, um, um, it, they're different than they have been in the past. So um, there is no longer the, the safeguards and the um, confidence in one party or another mm-hmm. because we're just seeing several variations of each. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing many, many changes coming from um, the, you know, the highest office, mm-hmm. of course. And we really don't know where those changes are going to place us as a nation and as a people. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a big concern there. There's some fear there. Mm-hmm. There's also a big concern about how do we become stable again? How do we, um, what, what really does make America the greatest nation on earth? And how can we get back to that? So is that the make America great again claim or is that something else? There is a claim, of course, that what is happening now is making American great, America great. Um, I think a lot of people would beg to differ with mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but where where exactly is America when we say that it's great? Mm. What exactly is happening? I mean, is there a mutual respect? Or is it great is for there, everyone? Is it great for everyone is right. a good question. Right, right. That yes. is a really good question. In the interim, uh, prior or you know, as we look forward toward the upcoming elections in 2020, um, there's, I'm sure, going to be a lot of discussion about the political environment and how it affects policy. Um, And a lot of those policies look like they're leaning more toward uh, more of a conservative or right uh, side leaning. Um, Is this something that you think that the people you've talked to, are they concerned about it or are they celebrating it? Is that something that, for instance, there are some folks that are uh, looking forward to the day when Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And then there's some people that are concerned that women's rights will be, uh, will suffer um, and be set back, you know, so there's so many different issues uh, that people kind of throw into this very, very big basket. Is this something that you know, you're hearing on the ground? Are people really just not concerned on a day-to-day basis? I think it just depends on the person. Uh I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are genuinely concerned and who genuinely want to see some positive change. Um, But then I I think there is another um, group that thinks that this will pass. Uh Uh And, And maybe it will. I mean, right, right. Yes. Maybe it will. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll, Maybe we'll, just, we'll have to see and we'll have to continue to talk to voters. Yes. Uh, one of the big stories that came out, it's, it's been played a lot, was the story of uh, there were some young kids from Kentucky who had come to a Right to Life march and, and they had an encounter with uh, African Americans, Hebrew Israelites, and then there was a Native American gentleman who uh, was also there with a group of people he was there with, and uh, he saw this and, and, and uh, interceded and was really trying to, in his words, kind of bring some peace to the situation. And there was a young man who is now popularly pictured, I don't know if it's a positive popularity, but pictured looking like he was smirking at this is this man. And this story played and played and played and played, and some people made some initial 
uh, just gasps at this. And then some people went back and said, you know, we should give this kid the benefit of the doubt and he has every right to be there. When you were talking to people when this story was really jumping off, what was some of the feedback you were hearing? Hmm. Some of the feedback was um, people were concerned about the, um, the young man who appeared to have a smirk uh-huh. on his face and, um, and that the whole um, incident occurred because there appeared to be, they appeared to be blocking one group uh-huh. from going forward. Uh-huh. And so the concern was um, a lack of respect. I think that I think I'll just call it that. That was the um, that was what I gathered. Um, but then also, I appreciate the strength of the Native American man mm-hmm. who stood and who expected to see some change. And whether or not he saw it immediately is is fine. He still stood for something that was good and that was right. Wow. So I think we need to make sure that we see both sides of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand there's been some. Um, uh, feedback given to the young man. I don't remember the very end of the story. Uh-huh. Um, I think I stopped around midpoint. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, I, I would like to talk to him uh-huh. and just ask what his thoughts were. Um, talk to the Native what, American man. Or talk the to the man? talk to both of them actually. Okay. Um, but I was speaking about the um, young man. All right, right. And okay. just find out what his thoughts were. Uh, what was he trying to accomplish uh-huh. by doing that? Uh-huh. Um, and does he feel that it was accomplished? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wonder why the adult chaperones didn't step in and gathered. You know, I'm just thinking as a parent, the protectiveness. You know, you don't know any of those folks there. The kids are far away from home. And intentions are not, you know, you have been charged with protecting other people's children. So why would you let these children kind of go, even though they're bigger and all of that? They're still children. So why didn't the adults step in and say, hey, we're going to walk away. We're going to not engage. We're not children. Let's go this way and let them go that way. I, I wonder why that was appeared to not be an option. You know, I, I heard stories about the children being encouraged by chaperones to chant. And I don't think that worked out in their best favor. I was just really disappointed to, to hear that. I was disappointed as well. Um, and I was disappointed to view it. Um, apparently, the adults chose to disengage and to let the child continue along that line. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know why. Um, maybe that's their reality. Uh-huh. Um, and if that would be a good conversation to have with the um, African-American uh, man who stood there uh-huh. and who expected to see that change because it, he was comfortable doing that. So uh-huh. that tells me He's not, this was not his first time. Uh-huh. So there, he may be the type of person who's courageous and who tries to challenge those um, old stereotypes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And not much has been said about the Hebrew Israelites who, who were there. Um, that, that part of the story kind of got cut off, and there might be a reason for that. I'm not really sure. I think much of it played off in this whole respect of elders thing. Um, In one of our shows, we talked about uh, just changing tracks a little bit. We talked about community development and we talked about gentrification. And um, that can be polarizing as well. Um, And specifically, we talked about with one of our guests, uh, communities that uh, in certain urban areas were seeing a rebirth, which we've seen here 
last 30 years uh, across the nation, uh, a lot of urban centers are being done over, but they are missing the the people who have been there for the, for all those many years, those people are missing from from the picture, uh, or they're feeling like they're not included in the picture. Uh, as you talk to people, and you, you you know, one of your responsibilities with the show is finding voters who are willing to share their voice here at Pointcast. Is this something that has come up, or something you've discussed with people? I have discussed that briefly with um, a few individuals. I understand Indianapolis is experiencing a huge growth um, in um, uh, community redevelopment and um, gentrification is what some might call it. Um, some might give it another name, but either way, there is a huge shift happening in real estate and in communities. Um, one of the concerns that I hear over and over is the um, removal of elderly people from their homes for um, inability to pay property taxes. Mm, wow. And the property taxes have escalated, of course, because of the redevelopment in their communities and right. the new homes and you know another half million dollar home is being built down the street kind of thing. Um, so I know that there are some legislators who are interested in that topic mm -hmm. and who might even be interested in um, proposing legislation so that um, homeowners who lived in an area for a specific number of years could be grandfathered into a lower property tax rate uh -huh, or uh -huh. maintain the current rate. So uh -huh. I really would like to see that happen. Um, I don't like to see people who have lower income pushed out of their homes, whether um, uh, by p through property taxes or through another means. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. Our homes are... Uh, our most valuable possession. That's where we feel safe. That's where we feel comfortable. Right. That's where we generally grow older and raise our families. And so um, when, when you add all of those elements that are so dear and vital to us, it makes it quite um, a huge offense mm -hmm. for someone to be removed for a tax. Wow, wow. And, and that is something that, that people are beginning to talk about more and more. That's a tough one because, I mean, there don't appear to be any easy answers legislatively. I mean, what can we expect elected officials to do specifically? I I don't know, um, right off the top of my head, I don't know that there's one answer we can push, but I think if um, taxpayers, um, voters, um, officials, homeowners, community residents, I think if we all sound our voices uh -huh. um, on those topics, that an answer will surface. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But yeah. it's going to take all of us to do it. Right, right. Along with health care and uh, unemployment and uh, gentrification, a lot of those issues are locally based. I want to go back to some of the, the things on the national stage. Um, this is something, you know, one of the things we try to do here at Pointcast is talk about issues and try to understand how voters feel that those issues impact their day-to-day -day living. But one of the things that's in the news a lot is the Robert Mueller investigation and the um, probe into, investigation rather, into the Russian involvement in our uh, local, not local, but our national politics, our elections. Is that something that, you know, people are even concerned about, do you think? I mean, you talk to a lot of people. 
is that something that you know people stop the bus over and and discuss you know it's it's we have what six or seven people who have now or is it eight who have now been indicted yes, <laughs> on I, charges I think it's eight what I, are, what I didn't are, listen to the news today, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do so much of it. Um, is this something that everyday people are concerned about? I think everyday people are concerned about it because it, it speaks to the influence that um, foreign countries may have had on America. Um, and that's something that most people uh, would disagree with. Um, so I, th I think they're concerned about it for that reason. Um, but sometimes it's hard to uh, understand and, and um, follow all the moving pieces. Right. And this investigation has been going on for a year now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so um, I know with the recent turn of events, uh, at least there's you know something tangible that we can see. Uh -huh. um, but I don't know where that leads. Uh -huh. You know, we have one of the un most unique presidencies in our in our history. We have a successful businessman, by all accounts, who has come into the White House and who had appeared to be doing business internationally with some folks that the his predecessor, you know, had kicked some of them out of the country shortly before uh, President Trump took office. He uh, sent. Russian diplomats out of the country and then shortly after President Trump was in office he told them they could come back. Do you think his business influence or not just his do you think we have to now start looking at the private business dealings of people who want to be elected to the highest office? Oh I think so. I think we've always looked at those private business dealings. Well why do you think he's gotten away with not showing his tax returns then if, if that's something we I think there were some concessions that were made, perhaps, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, for whatever reasons. I'm uh, not quite clear about, uh -huh. but I, I think there have been some concessions. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And um, do you think the influence of President Trump has changed how we see presidents moving forward? I think it has changed um, the way that Americans look at it now. Um, I think people are going to look at him as just another individual uh -huh. who needs to be checked out fully. Uh -huh. um, in the past, there have been some assumptions that were made at times uh -huh. that the person who applied for the job is actually qualified to do the job uh -huh. just based on you know their past titles, their past business accomplishments. Um, President Trump uh, is not a, um, as far as the business accomplishments, some of those are even in question. Uh -huh. Some have said that the businesses that he ran were actually inherited businesses and not even those that he founded, mm. which makes a difference. Uh -huh. um, you uh -huh. know, it's the, the inherited wealth as opposed to earning your own way every day. Right. So right. that tends to um, shade the way that he may think about some things, the uh -huh. way he may do business with others, right. and the way he perceives other people. There seems to be a shift uh, President Trump has um, seems to have been a bit humbled with the shutdown coming to an end the way that it has and not getting his wall the way he vowed he would, at least not in this part of the, the game. Um, do you expect or do people you talk to expect this change to mellow him out moving forward as far as making certain stances or do you expect him to return 
to his former stances. I think we might have to wait and see about that one. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's there's a lot to wait and see on. And, you know, we have a new Congress in. And um, so there's we have a lot of things we can take a look at moving forward. And I really yes. appreciate you coming in and sharing what you're learning on the ground with people you're talking to. You've been doing a great job. Look forward to more guests that you will be bringing in, more voters. Um, any upcoming surprises or do you just want to keep it a surprise? Uh, <laughs> um, I think, should I keep it a surprise? Hey, it's up to you. No, go okay. ahead. Go for it. I'll, I'll keep it a surprise. You'll we'll wait until we work out the nuts and bolts, and okay. then, I, then okay. I'll share it. I know you're bringing some great guests moving forward, and we're really, really excited to uh, talk to some more voters. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's PointCast. We invite you to continue to listen to our shows, airing weekly every Monday on Facebook at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 